Welcome to this week's episode of the March for Eternity podcast, where we bring you biblical truth on topics such as marriage, family, and ministry. This episode is made possible by the Ultra Global Partners. To find out more information about the Ultra Global, please go to thealtraglobal.com and make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Here are your hosts, Jeremiah and Paul Johnson. Hey, welcome to the Mark for Eternity podcast, season one of 2023. So excited about the launch of this now available in audio and video. Paul, thanks for coming into the studio today. Jeremiah, thanks for having me, man. I'm excited about what we're going to talk about this season. Yeah, man, I know we've been praying, seeking the Lord, you know, want to encourage all of our listeners to go ahead, subscribe to the YouTube channel, you know, get the alerts. These episodes are going to drop every week. But Paul, I think that, you know, one of the main passages of Scripture you and I keep circling back to is Ephesians 4. Mm -hmm. I think that there's a realm of probably a a supernatural burden that God has given us to help bring, I don't know if the term reformation or restoration of the church, either one of those might work. But I think that there there are so many people, you know, as, as we're currently, you know, helping to serve and lead churches as we're traveling, something is deeply fractured and deeply broken in the church. And the more that you get around, the more that you talk to people, people are hungry for solutions. They're yeah. hungry for a blueprint. And so I think our hope on season one is to try to give people language, a perspective from the word of God concerning this kind of reformation and restoration coming to the church. What do you think? Yeah, I agree completely. I think people are looking for answers. I I think that the Lord is restoring uh, the church. Of course, uh, he's restoring all things. We know from Acts 3.21 that Jesus is shut up in heaven until the restoration of all things. And we believe, referencing Ephesians 4, that part of that great restoration that we're seeing in this hour is the restoration of the fivefold ministry, which is mentioned in Ephesians four eleven, which we'll get to. Yeah, yeah, I think it's so interesting. You know, you you quoted that Acts three twenty one. Bill Hammond, who's you know known as the father of the prophetic movement, he constantly quotes that. You know, he's he's talking to us younger people, and he's saying, you know, what is Jesus? In in essence, what is Jesus waiting for to return? you know, and and people say different end time events. And he's like, no, it's the restoration of all things. Like he's waiting on us in some ways to get things in order and in place. So Paul, do you want to go ahead and and read that Ephesians 4 passage? And for those of you that are watching again, this is going to be a key passage that we're going to dive into in season one. So as Paul's reading it, encourage you, you know, take out your Bible, your notepad and jump in with us. Unless you're driving. Don't do that. that. Just listen. So Ephesians 4, I want to read verses 7. We'll get down to 11, but we want to go through 16 here on season one. So Ephesians 4, 7 says, But to each one of us grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, When he ascended on high, he led captive a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. Now this expression, he ascended, what does it mean except that he also had descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is himself also he who ascended far above all the heavens, 
that he might fill all things. And he gave some as apostles, and some as prophets, and some as evangelists, and some as shepherds and teachers, for the equipping of the saints for the work of service, to the building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a mature man, to the measure of the fullness of the stature which belongs to Christ. I'll stop there. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, let's begin to kind of break down this passage because obviously it's loaded with revelation and content. So one of the things, Paul, that I, you know, maybe I think is worth mentioning is the whole concept of Christ's ascension. You know, you have a lot of teaching on the death, the burial, the resurrection, the second coming, Mm -hmm. but you don't really have a whole lot of teaching on the ascension of Christ, you know, why Jesus Christ ascended. And it's my perspective that under a spirit of revelation in Ephesians 4, Paul really begins to unpack why Jesus ascended. Would you agree? Absolutely. So we understand the fivefold ministry of apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers to be the expression of the ministry of Christ himself, right? So 4.10 says that he ascended, that he might fill all things with himself. How does Jesus fill all things with himself? Well, he by uh, the reflection or the manifestation, the demonstration of his apostolic, prophetic, evangelistic, shepherding, and teaching ministry. And so that's why he gave what we call the fivefold ministry. Those five ministries are given that uh, the church, that the, the people of God might know him and might understand him, might experience him, might um, really experientially know Christ through the expression of the fivefold. Now, we know that the expressions are different, yeah. but it's important to know that God is desiring us to know his son, Jesus, and how he does that is through the fivefold ministry. Yeah. I mean, I, I like to kind of think of it like, you know, Jesus rises from the dead, right? And we know in Acts 1, he spends a period of days making many con- convincing proofs that mm-hmm. he is the son of God. So we know that he's risen again, and then he has this whole experience. He tells them to wait in the upper room, that you'll be clothed with power from on high. And then he begins, you know, to ascend, you know, and and this whole thing of, you know, the, the crowd is grieving and angels appear and say, in the same way he goes up, he's coming back down. So we know Jesus, his second coming hasn't happened yet. We know that this is a futuristic event, but what what you're referring to, his ascension, I, I like to think of like so that he could fill all things. So Jesus is ascending up to heaven, and as he ascends, he fills the earth. Then, you know, that Greek, that phrase, polero, it means to richly furbish with a substance. So the way that Jesus Christ chose, again, this is his plan his eternal purposes with the Father and the Holy Spirit, their plan, you know, you, it's interesting here, even in John 14, he, he says to them, it's better for you if I go, because one will come after me that, you know, talking about the Holy Spirit. So he's given the Holy Spirit as the personal possession of every believer. So every believer in Jesus Christ has the Holy Spirit but then to the body of Christ at large, to yeah. the ecclesia, he has 
filled the 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 ecclesia he's filled it with himself he's richly furbished the church with himself and yeah. he's chosen to do that through five ministries yes. so it's very important i think even in an, in an opening session sometimes in the body of christ today it's like there's a war between the priesthood of all believers people who have the holy spirit and then like church leadership fivefold ministry and it's like we try to pit them against one another it's like well church leadership is controlling and we don't need them i have the holy spirit and then you know you have church leaders who are saying the body of christ you know these people are rebellious and they're independent and they need to come back to church it's almost like we're fighting a war that we don't need to fight because of a misunderstanding perhaps of what we're talking about today of the ascension of Christ and how he gave his body five ministries mm -hmm. to represent himself. Yeah, and I think you're making an important distinction, which we see, I believe, most clearly in 1 Corinthians 12. If you look at verses 4, 5, and 6 of 1 Corinthians 12, it says that there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of ministries, and the same Lord, Jesus, there are a variety of effects, but the same Father who's working all things. So I think it's an important passage when you talk about the fivefold ministry and the body growing up and becoming mature, because you see that the gifts, there's a variety of gifts. The Holy Spirit is the source of those gifts, and he's given gifts to everyone. Okay. To each one, verse 7 of 1 Corinthians 12, to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So we're being given the expression, the manifestation of the Spirit. We all have that. Everyone has spiritual gifts, but the variety of ministries that the Lord Jesus has given is referring to the fivefold ministry. I know some people call them offices. I call them ministries because I believe that's the most biblical, biblically accurate term we can use. It helps to eliminate confusion that the offices in the church are actually elders and deacons, which Maybe we'll right. get to that later. But the five ministries, Jesus is the source of those ministries. And then God the Father is bringing all things into effect. He's inspiring. He's energizing. So I love it that the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are all in on bringing the gifts and bringing the ministries and bringing the body to life so that we would grow up and have a body be a body that would match the head who is Christ Jesus. So it's important to note that everyone has gifts from the Spirit, but it says he gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers. So without you feeling like that's some sort of exclusive, cool club, yeah. and, you know, I'm in the fivefold and you're not, or what's your fivefold ministry, all the, the exaggerations and the insecurities that unfortunately have led to a very broken expression that's not healthy, of fivefold ministry, I think it's important to look at verse 7, which uh, kind of heads off our passage that to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. So what that means is that we've all been given grace, but not in equality. We're all equal. We all have equal value to God, but the grace, the measure, the the portion or kind of grace, right? Because there there's measures of grace and then there's kinds of grace, right? Even within, let's say, prophets, there are different kinds of prophets. Mm -hmm. 
And then within the prophetic ministry, you could have a, a, a word of knowledge gift. You could have a distinguishing of spirits gift. You could have a, a, a healing gift. And, and, and it all, it's all God manifesting, demonstrating his power. But I think it's important to note that, hey, we're all equal in value. We're not saying some people are more important than other people. We're just saying that we have different functions, different roles, and different assignments because of the grace that God gave us, not because we wanted it, not because we uh, asked for it, but because God distributed it to us according to his will. That's 1 Corinthians twelve eleven. So, yeah, I mean, so let, let's just recap real quickly. Yep. You know, our main passage, we're talking about restoration and reformation in the church. I think that our heart in season one is to try to bring reformation and restoration to a broken system of church. We're launching into or we're diving into Ephesians 4. We're mm-hmm. talking about the ascension of Christ. Yep. A lot of teaching out there on the death, the burial, the resurrection, the second coming. Not a lot of emphasis on his ascension. We're saying the reason why Christ ascended so that by ascending he could fill the earth with a manifestation, a revelation, a demonstration of himself and he's chosen to give his body five ministries, mm-hmm. apostles, prophets, teachers, pastors, and evangelists. So those five ministries are called to manifest, demonstrate, represent all of those things. But we also have pivoted a little bit here. We know that it says some, so not everybody has a fivefold ministry calling. Correct. I mean, even you referred to it earlier, 1 Corinthians 12, you know, all are not prophets, are they? All are not apostles, are they? I mean, mm-hmm. he's making a distinction. But then we did talk about, however, if you're a born-again believer in Jesus Christ, you have the Holy Spirit, and he has given gifts. Mm-hmm. So the Holy Spirit has given every believer gifts, right? But then Jesus has given five ministries. So the way that I like to say it is if you're a believer in Jesus, you have gifts of the spirit. But if you're called to the fivefold ministry, you yourself are the gift to Christ's body. So there's gifts of the Holy Spirit available to all believers. Then some are called to the fivefold ministry and they themselves are the gift. And then in verse seven, we just found out whether you're a fivefold minister or you have gifts of the Holy Spirit, we're all equal in value to the Father. We're all sons and daughters. But then we even just made a further distinction. There are measures, you know, the Greek word metron. There are different individuals that have different metrons. So like, for example, Reinhard Bonnke, Okay, Reinhard Bonnke, one of the most foremost popular evangelists who ever lived, saved, I don't even know, may, maybe millions and millions of souls. Clearly the measure, yeah. the metron, the influence that Christ gave Reinhard Bonnke, he has not given other evangelists. And Paul, what I oftentimes run into is a lot of people, They a mentor of mine called them delusions of grandeur. I mean, a lot of times it's like there's a fight between people that say they have a fivefold call and they're better than a believer who doesn't have a fivefold call. And then you even have like this jealousy and fighting between yeah. five because 
God has called some evangelists to win millions. And then there's another evangelist. They're called to go into the prisons. They're called to go on the homeless. And they might only ever win a hundred people to the Lord in their lifetime. But they're like, but I want to be Reinhard Bonnke. And it's like, you both have grace, but the measure and the metron of grace is nowhere the same. Yeah, and comparison kills. Comparison is the thief of joy. Comparison is what leads to jealousy and insecurity. I mean, I believe that comparison is quite literally the seed of jealousy. And if you don't cut off comparison in your life, then it sprouts up and it grows and takes root in you and becomes jealousy and envy and causes all kinds of strife and insecurity and feeds the flesh where what we are advocating for is everyone in their lane. Everyone yes. receive from God, hear from the Lord, be a good steward of whatever measure or portion uh, God has given you. We're not saying if you're a part of the fivefold ministry, you should go around demanding and making commands of people. And I, I'm a, th that is the um, authoritative abuse, the things that have happened where real fivefold ministers uh, above all demonstrate humility and should leave you with the, the presence of Christ himself. Yeah. Should leave you feeling built up and encouraged, corrected, admonished um, with the presence. I mean, I, I think it's important in this discussion to just remind people that, you know, Jesus had a way of dignifying everyone. He had a way of pulling everyone in and, and esteeming others and lifting others high. And so uh, fivefold ministers are servants or whatever grace you have. And if you're not called to the fivefold, well, why should I listen to this? Because it's important to understand the grand plan of what God is doing and how he's restoring and bringing the body into maturity. And we also want to bring clarity yes. to the fivefold ministry. We just don't want to talk about them all lumped in. We want to single them out and pair them off, bring distinction, help to bring clarity, help people to to realize that this isn't about personality. You know, yeah. you have some people like, well, I, I like their personality. It's like, this isn't about personality or even preaching style. You have to realize that men and women of God that are called, that have a fivefold ministry, they're expressing and demonstrating the Christ who lives within them, who is causing them to see things the way they do, right? I mean, I think of fivefold grace as a filter. Yeah. And if you have a prophetic filter or an evangelistic filter, you have that lens that you see and hear through, and that's all because of grace. And so rather than being divided and, and, and feeling tension, I think God wants to bring unity. He wants to bring clarity. He wants to bring honor yeah. to the fivefold ministry. And I don't just mean, oh, the body should honor the fivefold ministry. I mean, the fivefold needs to honor the fivefold needs to submit to the fivefold, needs to make room for the fivefold. I mean, it's like if you if you are called to fivefold ministry, you believe in fivefold ministry and you lead a, a local church or a ministry of some kind and you don't make room for others and you don't invite others in and you don't have a grid for other expressions. I mean, I would submit to you that you don't really value or understand the fivefold ministry, you don't realize that you're actually robbing people of grace that Christ has given others to build up and to encourage and strengthen. Do you agree? Yeah. I mean, I'm sort of sitting here chuckling a little bit. I mean, you and I both went to a Christian university, 
paid like $80,000 for a Bible degree, right? We, you know, we, we've taken all these theology classes, all these Bible classes, and to my knowledge, I never took one class on anything that we're talking about today. No. So when I hear you talk about we need to honor five, you know, again, there there are people, ministers all over the world that in their context, in their denomination, it's just one guy. Yeah. You know, it, it's it's we're all past pastor this, pastor that. And so when we talk about reformation and restoration in the church, I just even want to appeal and and reach out to anyone watching today. Maybe you're attending a church, you know, maybe you're, you know, you're a part of a movement, a denomination, um, you know, that's not a part of something that even remotely reflects what we're talking about. I think it's super important, you know, just to be reminded that it's okay. It's okay that this is new. It's okay that you're not aware of even like, man, I'm, I'm new to this. Listen, again, Paul and I spent all of this money, all of this time studying, learning about the Bible, about the ministry, and no one ever mentioned fivefold ministry. So just want to invite you on the journey. Yeah. You know, want to, you know, we're going to dive into this stuff. You know, we're going to. It's going to be fun. Yeah. We're going to ruffle some feathers. So whether you're, you know, you're joining us on season one and it's like, I'm new to this, or maybe you've been around it because again, even to your earlier point, there's a lot of people familiar with fivefold ministry that we have really made it about men. We've made it about personalities. It's not about Christ. And so whether you're new to this, you've been around the block, we want to invite you to join us on the next episode. We're going to dive in, pick right up where we left off. Awesome. I'm excited. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the March for Eternity podcast as we seek to bring biblical truth to this generation regarding topics such as marriage, family, and ministry. We want to give a special thank you to our ultra-global partners who make it possible for us to release fresh content such as this in order to train and equip the body of Christ around the world. If you were blessed by this episode, make sure to go to theultraglobal.com forward slash podcast to listen to current and past episodes. God bless and thank you for listening.